0: Hey everybody! It is Mike for Biglia. We are back with a new episode of Working It Out. Can you believe it? We are uh, we are very excited. We got a great guest on today. I got my big fall tour coming at you. Uh, Chicago. We just added a show in Boston on that Thursday night. We added one in Milwaukee, uh, Madison, one in Denver. Uh, all these shows require proof of vaccination. We're doing this as safely as we know how. Um, and, uh, and thanks everybody who listened last week to the Jim Gaffigan episode. A lot of new listeners. We're glad you're here. If you like the show, listen to all the back episodes, listen to Sarah Silverman and Bill Hader and John Mulaney. There's so many fun episodes and, uh, throw us some stars on Apple podcasts, a little user review to tell us if you enjoy the show because it boosts morale around the working it out water cooler. Today's guest is an actor and comedian Who is the star of the ABC sitcom Fresh Off the Boat He was on The Office, he was on Veep He's in the Marvel Universe He co-wrote and starred in a film that I love on Netflix with Ali Wong Called Always Be My Maybe And of course, uh, he and I met years ago As part of a large cast of Trainwreck The film by Judd Apatow, which is where we begin today Enjoy my chat with Randall Park Randall, it's funny because we uh, we've had a lot of train wreck cast and, and crew on the show this summer. We had Judd Apatow, we had Bill Hader, Brie Larson, you, me. Uh, I think that's five of us from that movie.
1: I mean, there were like forty people, uh, like well-known people in that movie. So
0: it was a real. Uh, that's a great comedy. It's funny because it's like. That was sort of a romantic comedy of sorts. Your movie, yeah. uh, which I loved, Always Be My Maybe, which you and Ali Wong co-wrote and yeah. produced. It uh, yeah. was on Netflix and is so funny. And I almost, one of the things I enjoyed so much about it is there's a scene, I won't give away what happens in the scene, but there's a Keanu Reeves, there's a group of Keanu Reeves scenes, but there's one in particular that's so Funny that I don't honestly, I don't remember laughing so hard watching a movie scene (laughs) in like years. Yeah, like that's nice to hear.
1: That's incredible.
0: Uh, because that's great. It's like, well, so here's what you here's one of the things you and I have in common. We have a bunch of things in common, which we'll get into. One of the things is, I asked Keanu Reeves to be in my movie. Don't think twice, because I wrote him into the script, similar to similar to the way you wrote him into your script. Except yeah. he didn't even take the phone call. Like we couldn't get <laughs> past. We couldn't get his agent to take our phone call. Oh really? And you got him. You wrote him into the movie, <laughs> and you got him in the movie. And it's like vintage. It's classic Keanu. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't know. It just kind of all worked out perfectly, it, you know. And I'm sure you know it, it rarely works out like that when people are trying to get him because he's probably working all the time. And
0: uh, you, I don't know. You have a line in the movie that about celebrities, which made me laugh really hard. Which is, you're, you you know your romantic opposite is Ali Wong, mm-hmm. and you're you're trying to convince her sort of that she, sh- that, that she, she shouldn't want to date celebrities. And you go, first of all, like, mm-hmm. celebrities are all insane. One time I saw Glenn Close, she <laughs> ordered a pineapple sandwich. <laughs> and I love that somehow I, I agree with you, that that would make you insane. Right. What if I saw Glenn Close, she ordered a pineapple sandwich? <laughs> That's right, that's right. Was that yeah. based, is yeah. that based, you wrote that you co-wrote the movie? Was that based on like someone seeing Glenn Close eat a pineapple sandwich? Uh,
1: no, no, that was. <laughs> uh, gosh, I, I th- you know, I think we were. I, I think that was actually Nanachka Khan, the, our director, who's brilliant, uh, who who uh, pitched that joke to us, and we were like, yes, that's it. That's, that's so it. funny. Uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was. I, I was listening to an interview where you were talking about when you. Went to college and you sort of found your people, like your theater sort of community, mm-hmm. and how you were like the first. I think you said the first time you performed in front of a live audience, you just felt like you were like uh, like floating. And I and yeah. I I related to that so much. I felt, I had the same experience in college where I was like, oh my gosh, this is like, well, how come I haven't been doing this my whole life?
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, it was. Uh, you know i growing up uh, i was ex- extremely shy you know uh, very shy but amongst my friends i was uh pretty out there you know and 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 uh, i'd make them laugh and but outside of that circle i was i was very quiet and, and and studious and you know and uh but i felt like once i was in college and i found this this group of friends i felt like and we and we actually got to be fun and funny and boisterous and absurd, like to the world or at least sure. to the folks in that theater, it felt like, oh, this is like, I get to be that not just around my friends. I yeah. could be that around everybody. And that was like, so, it just unlocked so much for me. And, and uh, yeah, I, rem- I remember, I felt like I was floating out of that theater after that show.
0: That's a really funny way of looking at it is like, it's like, before you're if you're if you become an actor or a performer or a live performer, it's like you're able to do in public what you previously were doing in private. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's funny because I was listening to you in an interview years ago where you were talking about how you you did an ex- a theater exercise once where you stepped up on stage and people, you know, if it's a handsome person, they, people go like, "What?" Say the first thing you think of is like oh, handsome, handsome, yeah, yeah. tall, cool, awesome, or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah. you got up and it was like, it was like a scientist, nerd, or whatever. <laughs> yeah, and you just felt yeah. like it was like the stereotypes of what someone would sort of perceive you as, and you wanted. You sort of strive to be like, no, no, no I want to be a, a cast as something else and things. But that's to me, when I saw yeah. always be my maybe, it felt like maybe you would achieve that.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think, uh, I mean, that, that, when that happened, it was actually, it was actually during a class. Like, uh, it was one of the, it was one of the classes in L.A. that you had to take if you were, you know, about to start acting. You know, yeah, yeah, like yeah. everyone took this class yeah, yeah. from this teacher. And uh, so I, this class had been built up as the, the this was going to be a game changer yeah, for me, yeah. you know. And it was a, a in order to take the class, you had to start out at this weekend intensive, which was, uh, you know, just like the weekend two days, full days. And, and by the end of that full day, they do this exercise where you, yeah, you, you, you stand up, you turn around and everyone honestly just say yeah, what they think.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. Know? yeah.
1: And, uh, and, and, you know, I had come from this theater company in college where we got, I got to play everything and be right, everything, right. And, you know, and, uh, and be the lead, be the sidekick, be the, you know, comic relief, be the, you know, yeah. uh, and, and then here, uh, I I stand up on the stage, turn around, and it's just all these stereotypes and offensive things and and they were just being honest. They were doing the exercise. Sure. You know. But it was a real kind of like, oh my God, like I I, I mean, I knew what I was getting into in terms yeah. of the industry, but I but to to see peers, people who I liked, my friends, you know, saying all these things, it was really disheartening and, and uh it bummed me out. It bummed it's me out.
0: so strange. It's like I, it, it. There's so many things that are so disheartening currently, but then one yeah. of the things that is heartening, like I was talking to Sam J on this podcast about how there is increasing representation uh, yeah. by black and Asian people and uh, and all types of people in movies and TV right now, and yeah. ultimately, it's going to lead to. Better movies and better TV shows and yeah. things that actually, uh, I think ultimately, like dig deeper and and go further into the human experience.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think I, I hope so. I hope so. I mean, right now it's uh, uh, it's definitely yeah. You could feel feel the shift. I've never felt a shift like this ever. You know, in yeah. my career, uh, uh, folks are. I think I think folks are are recognizing not just the storytelling opportunities but even the the business opportunity sure. you know that comes with telling these stories you know and um so yeah hopefully hopefully it gets to a place where just we could see a, the gamut of perspectives within a group you know i mean cuz yes. you know we're all every group is just so different you know within and uh uh, I think I think we're getting there, but, you know, I, I also have no faith, you know. <laughs>
0: <I can admit. laughs> no, no, of course, of course. No, I mean, yeah. it, could, it could go away in five minutes. Who knows? <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: One of the things that, about you that I've always admired as an actor, because you're in so many things, uh, is, uh, you know, whether it's Veep or the Marvel films it's uh, or Trainwreck or, or Fresh Off the Boat, is – you really have a very, I would almost describe it as a signature Randall Park subtlety to your performances. And I'm curious, hmm. like, is that based on, Is and that's the kind of acting that I'm drawn to. Like, I, I find I, I want to zero in on when actors are, are, are playing stuff really in a subtle way. Is that yeah. based on actors who you admired growing up?
1: Um... I, I I think I don't know if it's based on that, but it definitely is a uh, you know, I, I love I you know I I, I love folks like Jack Lemmon, you yeah, know yeah uh, I, I love Steve Carell. Oh there's yeah. There's like certain actors that I just uh, am naturally drawn to, and I think that they they have a they tend to have a an everyman quality about them, but but there's a real kind of I don't know. I think a sadness to them, you know. That, <laughs> sure.
0: That's <laughs> that hilarious. I just
1: like that I really uh uh identify with and uh I'm drawn to and and I find it really funny. Uh uh but also I think it it's just is a natural kind of uh place for me to come from,
0: you know. It's funny you should say sadness because <laughs> sometimes people sometimes people really lock into my solo shows and sometimes they do, yeah. they do not. And when yeah. they do not, the, the, the standard thing they say is it's too sad. <laughs> uh,
1: <yeah>. I <laughs> mean, that, that's what I love about your work. Pers- I mean, <laughs> I'm drawn to that. And I feel that from your work too. There's definitely like, uh, uh, I don't know, like, uh, uh, there's definitely sadness there you know but
0: and to me and maybe to you based on what you're saying it's like to me that's part of the spectrum of being alive and if you're yes, if you're repressing yes. that if you're just all laughs all energy all whatever you're yeah. actually not expressing the range of human emotion you're just doing a sort of a two-dimensional caricature
1: yeah yeah true true uh, but I feel like the sadness is the one that uh, I think if the, if someone, if people are going to leave one th- aspect out, I feel like it, it's often sadness. Oh, that's you know? interesting.
0: Why do you think that is? Yeah.
1: Because
0: it's sad. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah.
1: Like, you know, we, we love, and I love seeing uh, like strength on stage or on TV, you know. Uh, I think our culture is very like much... Uh, uh, about kind of strength and mm-hmm. sharpness and being empowered. And I think all that is like really great, but you know, we're also kind of, you know, pathetic and, sure. and sad and, you know, and I think that that's, that's, for me, that's like, that's the thing that, yeah, we all are, regardless of if we if we lead with that or not, you know?
0: stepping away from my conversation with Randall Park to send some love to my favorite sparkling water, Spindrift, sparkling water. And I don't throw that around. There's a lot of sparkling waters out there. And uh, I don't know. I love it. It's it's uh, this. I read up on it. It's the first sparkling water made with real squeezed fruit. And that's it. Maybe that's why I like it. There's nothing artificial, no natural flavors, added sugars or artificial sweeteners. There's 11 real fruit varieties. My jam is a raspberry lime. That's the one I drink a whole ton of, but I, I like pretty much all of them. I, I think I like 10 out of 11. I'm not going to say which one I don't like. It's a healthy alternative to soda. I found it to be great. You can go to drinkspindrift.com and enter code BRBIGS. you get 25% off your first order. That's an amazing deal. Drinkspindrift.com Enter code BRBIGS. Now back to the show. So this is this thing called we do called the slow round, and it's basically just, like, memories from childhood and things like that. Do you remember a smell from childhood, either, like, really good or really bad smell? Um, I,
1: I yeah. Uh, I, re- I distinctly remember, and it's a, it's a, uh, it's a good smell, but, that brings about mixed feelings, <laughs> and it, it, it is. <laughs> I like this answer already. <laughs> <laughs> it's the. It, I remember the, the the smell of, my public school elementary school, cafeteria. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and it being, everything being like laced with this. Strong kind of maple syrupy uh, <laughs> scent. No matter what they were making, <laughs> it was like they put a little bit of maple syrup in everything. <laughs> Government maple syrup. That's you know a riot. Uh, yeah. Why do you have mixed feelings about that? Uh, I think because I associated, especially with the beginning of the school years, uh, because that's when you know you you're you're you know throughout the summer you're at home and and uh, you know out and about with your friends and your family and then all of a sudden you have to go back to school oh. and, uh, and I hated the beginning of school. oh my gosh like, yes wh- like I would the night before I would cry oh, this no. is like what and, and this is like well into middle school wow I was like for some reason it was very like traumatizing for me to have to go back to school. Wow. And, uh, and I remember like literally screaming and crying oh while my mom gosh. was like dragging me into school, you know. And I'd be holding on to her leg. And, you know, oh my gosh. and I remember telling the teacher, like every year, the first few days, telling the teacher that I felt sick and they'd take <laughs> oh me to the nurse's gosh. office. And it was my way of hoping that they'd call my parents so that they could take me back
0: home, you yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. Did you. Do you have a, do you feel like you have a skill that no one knows about?
1: I mean, I I wouldn't say it's a skill, but it's something that I think a lot of people don't know about me is I collect turtle figurines. (laughs) 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 Is that a skill?
0: I'm gonna count it. We're gonna count it. Ding ding ding.
1: Okay, thanks. Thanks. Uh, yeah, yeah. T- turtle yeah, figures. Coll- my
0: first of all, my daughter would love this. My daughter's six and, and is obsessed with all kinds of animal and yeah. dino- and dinosaur and all things like fish, birds, dinosaurs, turtles, etc. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I I mean I collect turtle figurines. How'd that I start? The turtle figurines, uh well, I I love turtles. Well, I think turtles are like amazing.
0: Well, turtles, my daughter and I were talking about this the other day. The oldest living uh, animal in the world, as far as I understand it, is this 189 year old turtle. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is insane. If you yeah. think about it, I think his name's Jonathan the Turtle. Oh, wow. And in relation yeah. to the new show I'm developing, which is called The Old Man in the Pool, and it's all about. Uh, it's all about mortality and aging and all this stuff. I actually been thinking about all these animals that have these long lifespans, but turtles turtles are fascinating. They have these insane lifespans.
1: I I mean I think it. I mean I don't know scientifically anything, but I I I my guess is it has to do with their pace. Yeah. You know they do things at their own pace. Yeah. Yeah. They don't care. Yeah. They don't care. You know. Yeah. They're, they're, they're gonna take. An hour to chew a piece of you know grass yeah. or whatever it is, they, yeah. you know, like, and, and 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 then they'll walk slowly. It's like they do things at their own slow pace. Yeah, they they have housing
0: <laughs> built in.
1: <laughs> they have
0: housing, sure.
1: You know, they have housing. They've got an apartment. Uh,
0: they've got an apartment.
1: They always have an apartment, yeah, yeah. a place to sleep in. Yeah. you know, and they can and they could like literally. Physically hide, yeah, within themselves, which is like, and just get away from the world, you know. Which is, I think, all those the combination of those three things. It's it it, yeah. You would live longer, I would think.
0: Do you think that's why you collect the figurines? Because you're interested in these sort of like fascinating beings.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think so. Also, like in Korean culture, turtles are. uh they're good luck in a lot of ways. And they and they represent like longevity
0: oh, and a good life.
1: Oh, interesting. And a good life. Yeah,
0: yeah. What do you think? Because you do so many things. You produce, you act, you write. It's like, if you were going to plan your next 30 years, like what would your career look like? Oh, gosh. Uh, I don't, I,
1: I don't, I don't know, but I, I, I think... I in an ideal world, it would be where where everything I do is fun. Yeah, just everything is fun. Yeah, uh, uh, I never feel like it's not fun. Yeah, and uh, so I, I, and I guess that would mean like working a lot with friends. Yeah, and people who I like. Yeah, and and uh, uh, and also people who I, I maybe not know, but they're just lovely. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, and and to 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 really be completely detached from the outcome to 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 tr- really just be about the process yeah. and and as soon as the process is done let it go and uh, and not think you know not think about anything you know in terms of how it's received how you know how do you feel
0: it, like you've gotten closer to that because you and I are about the same age like do you think in middle age you've come closer to that. For
1: sure. For sure. I mean, do you?
0: Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I, things that I, it's funny. Like, I actually wrote this down as one of the things that it's not even a joke, but I wrote it down because I was like, I'm, a, maybe I'll write an essay about this for my next book or something. But I wrote this thing down this week, which is, uh, it's like I used to be jealous of other writers or comedians, like this person's getting more awards or attention. Yeah. And at a certain point, I realized that creativity is just like running a marathon. Mm. And I couldn't name for you a single person in history who has won a marathon. But I could tell you all of my friends who have run a marathon. Oh,
1: that's Brilliant yeah thanks, man. yeah,
0: yeah I, I sometimes I don't know if you have yeah. this. sometimes I just write stuff down and I go, I don't know what this is, but it's just like how I feel <laughs> yeah. about something.
1: Yeah, that's brilliant. I mean, it's true that that that's the goal, right i mean to 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 just not i mean we're, really, I think it's about being present because yeah. when you're present, all that other stuff uh doesn't matter, you know, or it's not it's, you're not even thinking about it because you are right there. You know,
0: But even as an actor, like, my compliment to you as an actor is that you're highly present. And, like, that doesn't come—people don't just have that. Like, you have to, like, land at that. And, like, was there anything along the way where you, like, arrived at or learned to become so present in your work?
1: I think it evolved as I evolved as a person. Yeah. You know, yeah, um, uh, I don't think there was a single kind of breakthrough, but may- maybe maybe comedy wise there was, because I mostly do c- comedic stuff. Yeah, and uh, and I think there was definitely a point where I, where, be- where before I worried about the laughs that this would get or that would get. Yeah, you know, and then after that I realized it, it, it's it's actually probably better for me to. To not go for the laugh at all and just kind of be be in the moment, you know and, yeah, uh, and if I could be in the mo- and and i I almost kind of tricked myself into thinking that if I can be in the moment fully and not get the laugh, yeah, then I've done my job, you know, like uh like it's so that's so good, yeah, just don't think about the laugh, you know uh.
0: Uh, John Mulaney and I talked about that. I think on this podcast is, and we definitely talk about it in life, is that the moment you start th- imagining a laugh when you're rehearsing something, yeah. like there will be no laugh.
1: There'll be no, yeah, you're not, you're not in it, you know? Yeah. You're not, you're not present. You, you're, 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 you're thinking outside of the moment, you know? So yeah, yeah. I mean, for me, it really hit home during the pandemic, like back in October. I had never gotten panic attacks before. Yeah. But but uh, in the in the middle of October, I got hit with these panic the series of panic attacks. Yeah. And it was so jarring to me, you know, and uh, and I realized how much uh, you know. I, I started I started working with these specialists because it was so jarring. For two weeks, I didn't sleep like at all because they would happen at night. And uh, uh and, and through. you just feel
0: like you things were closing in on you, kind of thing. Yeah,
1: and it was weird because my, like, my physically had to keep moving. I couldn't stay still. I couldn't sit oh or lay gosh. down. I, I, I'd have yeah. to pop right back up, and it would be throughout the night. So, so I didn't sleep. Uh, and by the end, you know, by the time I kind of settled, I, I was so jarred and shaken by it that I had to kind of work really hard at rehabilitating myself, and um. And I learned a lot about like presence and and meditation and and catastrophic thinking and and how all that yeah. stuff kind of uh, uh, it just makes for a bad life, you know. And and I'm and yeah. I realize that the same goes for for really every creative endeavor. You know, it's like you don't want to bring any of that stuff to the to the process because yeah, it's it's like it's going to take away from from the joy of it of doing but also from the work I think
0: stepping away from my conversation with Randall Park to send a shout out to Bomba's socks. So Bomba's is uh it's just a company I love. They have great socks, they're super comfortable. It's the only socks I wear. And as you know, I'm a very famous sock wearer. You're I'm the kind of person you go, Mike Brabiglia I want to know what kind of socks he wears because he clearly seems very comfortable, and he's got that soft cadence on stage with the way he speaks. What are his socks? So I, I, uh, I, I wear Bombas, partly because they give a pair of socks to a homeless shelter for every pair that they sell. Also... Their performance socks have amazing uh, innovations. They have a special Hextech performance technology. They have a special moisture-wicking yarn and temperature-regulating vents that allow cool air to flow in and prevent overheating. You can go to bombas.com slash today and get 20% off your first order. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com for 20% off. Give it a shot. I, I love those socks. All right, back to the show Do you have a memory from childhood that's sort of on a loop but it's not even a story per se. It's just a thing that hits you every uh, once in a while. Yeah um,
1: I remember my dad he had a he drove a Buick a super long Buick <laughs> like re- it was really long we called it the boat and okay. it was so long and so impractical and uh uh, uh I mean it was a pimp car right. you know right right and uh and i remember laying you know and there's the back seat and then there's the upper part that that meets the window oh, it's almost sure. like a little shelf sure yeah yeah and that's where like the speakers were uh <laughs> yeah uh, and I remember laying on that shelf oh my with my face kind of up against the window.
0: Wow. And
1: just looking at the sky. I mean, it's completely illegal now. Right. But back no then, one would do that do with that. a kid now. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I remember just wedging myself into that and uh, just throughout you know, the whole ride, just looking out the window. Uh, and that that's distinct in my head.
0: I have the same thing with I my mom used to take me on errands and I would be in the way back of the station wagon and it would just be my area and it would just be yeah. I'm looking out the window just staring at people in the other cars. Yeah, I, yeah. Maybe it's maybe yeah. the reason that we we go to those memories is that it's like a part of childhood that we're like in control of or something.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. And I remember also like the bad things. Like, yeah. I remember being at a, being at a, we were in, my mom and I were in this Mexican restaurant. We were picking up food. And I remember this guy hitting on my mom.
0: Oh my God. And uh,
1: my mom was like, I'm married. Oh my uh, gosh. And the guy like cursing her out. Oh, gosh, no. And I remember, I, I was a little kid, but I remember being so angry. Oh. Like, so angry and wanting to kill this guy.
0: Oh, my gosh. How how old were yeah. you? Like, eight or nine years old?
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, something like that. Wow. And, uh, uh, and my mom rushing us out of there as this guy was, like, yelling at her and, and saying these racist oh, things. Oh, and, gosh. Uh, yeah, and uh, uh, I just remember going into the car and fantasizing yeah. uh, of, you know, me like crashing through the restaurant window wow. and, you know, pummeling the guy as a nine-year-old, you know. Oh my God. Uh, uh, yeah. And I think
0: about that. For some reason, I think about that moment a lot. I had a similar one. It was me, my mom driving me and my friends, Michael Cavanaugh and his brother, Brian Cavanaugh, home from... Uh, Like nursery school at the Y M C A in Worcester, and the and we ran out of gas, which I to this day I think about running out of gas all the time when I'm driving because we ran out of gas and we're on the highway, and this guy come pulls over and he offers to help, and we're you know we're up against it we don't know what to do and he goes "We'll, we'll he goes he goes. I'll drive you to my mom. I'll drive you over to that gas station over there. We'll leave the kids here. And she goes, No. <laughs> yeah. She goes, We're not gonna leave the kids uh, yeah. here on the highway. And <laughs> and then he got mad and was like, Oh, I gotta drive the kids. You know, so we drive. We, oh, all wait, wait. Get, so we all wait. So he got in the, in the car. car. We got in his car. Oh yeah, yeah. This just came yeah. back to me because of your memory. The, we get in his car and we and we and he's furious and he's really he's furious. Cr- but he's, he's driving. That's he's driving us and, he, and he's he's cranking. He's like he's like he's yelling at us kids like 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 don't touch those buttons. Things like that. Yeah yeah it yeah. Clearly like did not bargain for this trip with kids and I don't know. What his intentions were, but I, I, I would venture to guess they weren't so good. Yeah, yeah. And I've yeah, never, never yeah. forgotten that memory. I mean, there's something about people being mean, like grown ups oh, being mean, that sticks totally. with you so hard. It
1: sticks with you. You never let that go. Yeah. I mean, you're young and impressionable, and and. I remember being, this is another one that sticks with me. I remember there was a liquor store near where I grew up and I was in the liquor store, we were buying candy. It was me and my friends looking at candy and uh, and I had a pocket full of change. Yeah. And I dumped the change out on the counter. Yeah. And uh, these guys were in there, uh, you know, and they were like, te- they, were, they were like a little older than teenagers, but they were, you know, definitely rough guys. And one of them starts taking my change yeah. like just just taking oh from the, from the little pile just taking it oh my
0: god and
1: uh i remember he, and i remember being so scared like of doing or saying anything cuz this guy was like big and scary wow and and, and i remember just like Offering him like more of my change, oh, I was like,
0: <laughs> "What else are you gonna do?"
1: Yeah, yes, I was yes like, and, "Are you yes good? You you're need more? me? Do you you want to?" I got a quarter here if you want. <laughs> I remember doing that, and uh, and I, but I remember like afterwards feeling so ashamed with myself Yeah. that I like that I like aided him in this small in this, you know, small time robbery of yeah. my like, you know, <laughs> that I was like I that I and I was a kid, if I stood up for myself, you know, he would have nothing would have happened. Yeah. You know. Uh but I do remember wishing, you know, a lot of a lot of my childhood was like fantasizing after the fact of me yeah, doing sure. the, like the cool well, thing.
0: You know I think that's a majority of what Sort of autobiographical stand-up comedy writing is right. is is like what if what if I had done this? What would that be like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. This is what happened. That's sort of the setup, and then what if I did this? That's sort of the punchline. Yeah, yeah. I actually had a joke that's in the sort of uh, that childhood realm, which is when I was five, I was standing on top of a high chair in my kitchen, and I fell over. And landed on my head and I started crying and crying and then I didn't go to the hospital because I seemed okay and then later that night my mom is putting me to bed and she's scratching my hair. A lot of times she's like scratch my hair or rub my back before bed and she feels a hole in my head and she looks at her hand and it's like a a horror movie. (laughs) It's like it's like bloody like a horror movie. So she she gets my dad. We drive to the emergency room. They put like ten or fifteen stitches in the back of my head. Yeah. Anyway, I became a comedian, and uh, (laughs) uh, because oftentimes people ask me, "Why do you think you're a comedian?" and that's my new answer. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. I love that. (laughs)
0: A lot of times, like, you know, a lot of times with jokes, it's like it's like taking the stuff like from the slow round, and it's like these memories, and then being like, "Well, what would the punchline be for that?" Yeah. Whenever
1: I'd hurt myself as a kid or get into an accident, I would, you know, tell, go to my parents, and my dad would get so mad. Oh, he would get so mad because he because he. And it's weird, and I n- understand it now as an adult. I mean, he loved me, and he would—he'd just be so mad that I'd be so dumb to have to have done this really dumb thing, you know? <laughs> yeah, sure. And uh, but he would like get so angry that it was like the getting like yelled at by him for getting hurt was like worse than getting hurt. Yes, you know? yes, yeah. Like I remember, I was playing in the jungle gym at elementary school and I, I tried to, like, grab a bar and I fell and I broke my arm. And 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 it was just twisted in the weirdest way. Yeah. And I, my first thought was, like, how do I hide this? Oh, my you
0: know? gosh, yes. <laughs> I
1: don't want my dad to, like, to uh, to scream at me when I tell him, like, how this happened, you know?
0: That is such a great premise for a joke, I think, which is, like... It's like, what's worse, getting hurt as a kid or telling your parents you got hurt (laughs) as a kid? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I relate to that so much.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Because I relate to it even as a dad. Like, the only time I yell ever at my daughter is when she does something that puts her in danger. Oh, yeah. 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 And it's like, don't touch that lead socket. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't run near yeah. the pool. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Is. But that's how, I mean, that's, I think that's uh, how it's supposed to work, right? Because you're so. supposed to scare them yes. into not going near the socket again, right? I, it's I think like you so. want so that every time they go near a socket, they'll have a little bit of a yes. memory of, of that scream.
0: Stepping away from my conversation with Randall Park to send a shout out to uh, my good friends at Helix Mattress. Uh, Helix Mattresses, uh, I've been sleeping on for about a year. I've I've I got turned on to them from you know podcasts like this, and then I think it's the most comfortable mattress I've ever slept on, and so now I'm recommending it to you. And I think I have the credentials to recommend mattresses because I uh. Have a serious sleep disorder. I jumped through a second-story window once. (laughs) If you don't know that, listen to Sleepwalk with Me, the album, uh, on Spotify, and then you'll go, "Oh wow! I wow! I should I should take his recommendation." Uh, Go to Helix.com/slash/burbigs. Take the two-minute sleep quiz you get a customized mattress. you get the best sleep of your life. Right now, Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our Working It Out listeners. We did it. We did it, listeners. At helixsleep.com slash for bigs. And now back to the show. Actually, that reminds me of this other bit I was writing the other day, which is... Um, did you ever have Hummel figurines as a kid? Was that a thing? No, I just learned what they are. Hummel figurines if people don't know is like, I don't know. It's like the it's like a type of sort of how do you describe it? It's like a type of figurine, like a collectible figurine, the kind of thing that you'd see maybe on an infomercial or something. It's like
1: kind of like a porcelain kind of yes, smiley like, yeah.
0: Yeah, and so I wrote. Um, I used to walk to school every day to St. Mary's School, and I would walk by this place called the Shropshire Shop, and they sold humble these humble figurines, like these fancy glass figurines.
1: Yeah. And
0: my parents once bought one of them, and it was a it was this little clown that was hol- a glass clown holding a little glass balloon held yeah. together delicately with a wire. And then one of us idiot kids, (laughs) we just popped the balloon. (laughs) And it's like, talk about knocking down the value. Like if you took that... to the Antiques Roadshow, they'd be like, well, it's got some scuffing here by the base. That knocks you down 5%. And then we'll take off about 92% from the popped balloon. So it's worth about 42 cents. And you're like, I paid $140 for it. And they're like, sounds like you shouldn't have had children. And then my my conclusion for it is I think the people who are truly unhappy in life are people who want to have children, but they also want to have Hummel figurines. <laughs> right. Because, because I'm going to venture to say that the value to us kids popping the balloon was more than the enjoyment mm. of my parents looking at the Hummel figurines. <laughs> right. But that—that that was this—that was this new bit yeah, that true. I was writing because it was like this thing where I'm like, thinking about these Hummel fingerings, and I'm like, what's the joke exactly? But I think right. it's that like, who gives a shit about these fancy things
1: (laughs) it just doesn't matter
0: (laughs) like of all the things of all the things that my wife and i do wrong as parents which i'm sure you know just count them up you know i'm sure we're doing everything wrong and we're gonna find out when our daughter's a teenager but the one thing (laughs) that i think that we don't do wrong is if she breaks something we do not care
1: right 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 yeah yeah yeah, I think. I mean, I think the Hummel figurine. It's. Uh, I feel like they are made to, f- they're 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 designed to give you a, uh, the feeling of sentimental value, whether they're right. sentimental value or not, right? Yes. they're kind of. There's, yes. a, there's a whimsy to them. Yeah, there's yeah, like yeah. Sure. A, uh, sure. You know, so like if you get it, you almost. Y- y- you're you're tricked into thinking that this was a this is a part of your life you know that is exactly right uh, but really it's it's uh you know it's just it's some just glass a, a glass yeah yeah
0: <laughs> yeah it's not it's not so special
1: uh, yeah and it i mean it's also generally like white kids right yeah. these hummels
0: oh that's true, m-
1: made in china. Yep, right. <laughs> Yep. That's right. So there's something like weird about that. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. It's I uh, uh, I don't know. It, it, it's 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 far from sentimental. Is my point. It's right. Know, they're completely manufactured. This
0: is our uh, way of learning about Chinese culture. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's right. That's Looking right. Looking at these little white clowns. <laughs> and then breaking the, the, uh, right. I
1: mean, this, this coming from a guy who collects turtle figurines. Oh my God. That's
0: hilarious. (laughs) Yeah. Which are
1: also like, they're not, you know, they represent longevity to my, this fantasy version of what my heritage is. But that's interesting. I'm sure like you go to the average person in Korea and they'd be like, yeah, it's a, it's a turtle. It's like just a wooden turtle. it's not a big deal, you know. Well,
0: it's funny, I haven't an, and I have an animal joke that I jotted down this week, which is like I feel like people like we all use like animal analogies all the time, like wake up, sheeple. Or like my friend will be like, yeah. try your jokes out on me. I'll be your guinea pig. But yeah. I would guess that these animals are pretty sick of being compared to humans. And <laughs> and I think guinea pigs are pretty annoyed that they didn't actually volunteer. <laughs> right. they're like i was born into torture and hell in the occasional <laughs> kindergarten classroom but sure use me for your fun analogy <laughs> right. that's right that's i always right. feel that way about animals i'm just like we fetishize the animals to this extent for sure but it's like meanwhile i mean the turtle that you talk about of course we love turtles but like we're like destroying the environment around these turtles. Yes,
1: that's right. That's right.
0: I mean, we're number we're the number one predator for for turtles. For, uh, yeah, I don't think they. I'm pretty sure they don't have predators. Those big turtles. I,
1: I, I mean, who's eating a house, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> who's eating a, a turtle house. shell
0: house? Yeah,
1: yeah, I like that. I was. Uh, we went to. We went to a uh, uh, Big Bear. Oh, that's nice. and, yeah and it was really nice he stayed in a cabin and um and in, in the back of the cabin was this just vast just it was all nature it was all nature yeah. and it was so beautiful and uh and i was walking with my daughter and there was like snow patches and she was playing in the snow patches and i'm like this is like this is it's so therapeutic and yeah. it's so uh it's so you know um I, I feel like it just brought me back to like how, what the world should feel like. It should yeah, feel like that. Yeah. And then, uh, and then by this like log that was about to sit on a log, and I look over at the log, and there's like a condom, uh, oh my God, uh, like of a course, used condom, of like right, yes, yes. right there by the log, and I was, it just ruined everything. You that's know? the metaphor. Ruined- that's
0: the metaphor for the whole thing. By the way, <laughs> yeah. that's the metaphor for the whole thing is. <laughs> We're all in this picturesque we're living in this picturesque landscape and the bottom right corner of the landscape is a used <laughs> yeah. condom a used condom yeah yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. exactly how old are, do you have one kid or more i have one kid yeah yeah the uh, my daughter did, does does your daughter uh tell jokes
1: no no she doesn't know any jokes
0: so my daughter Una recently told me the classic kids joke, which is why why was six afraid of seven? Which is of course because seven eight, nine. Classic. Yeah. And by the way, the joke is it's a good joke. Yeah, yeah, it's a good joke. Like you know, people make fun of the kids jokes. Whoever wrote that joke is is a good joke writer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's a solid yeah. piece of writing.
1: <laughs> yes, yes, for sure.
0: Um, but I but it's it's also sad because. Seven probably will eat nine. I mean, I get that the humor is that the number eight and the word eight are homonyms, but seriously, seven is a murderer. I've been watching seven for years. He plays it cool. <laughs> we think he's safe because he rhymes with heaven. He tries to spread the rumor that he's lucky. Who would start a rumor about themselves that they're lucky? I'll tell you who someone who's about to murder fucking nine. <laughs>
1: I like that. Yeah, I like. It's me just riffing on
0: my daughter's school <laughs> joke.
1: Just take those uh, innocent uh, jokes and 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 just make them dark. And
0: <laughs> the numbers. This is my other tag. The number seven is a cult leader who's about to murder nine, and all of us are just sitting here watching it happen. <laughs> Oh, good. I like that. That's great. All right. I got one last joke, That's which great. is, uh, okay. Okay. it seems like we're in an, we, we have an animal theme today. So yeah. I feel like this is a good way to close it out. I was at Petco buying uh, food for my cat and I um I put my credit card into the machine and it didn't work. Cashier goes, you have to answer the question. And I look at the screen and it says, do you want to help a pet in need? And I thought, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> and then I clicked no. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I like that. That's the whole joke. I, do you feel bad? Because I, 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 that's happens all the time. Constantly. Constantly. I feel horrible clicking no, and then I'll, I'll click yes sometimes. And then after I click yes, I'll walk away thinking, why did I click yes? I don't know where that money's going to. I don't know no. you know.
0: I know. Where's the accountability yeah. here?
1: Yeah. Am I supposed to trust
0: Petco? (laughs) (laughs) So the final thing we do on the show is uh, working it out for a cause. And we basically, if the guest has a nonprofit that they contribute to or or enjoy working with, I contribute to them. We link to them in the show notes. Is there anyone uh, that you want to send a shout out to? Yeah,
1: there's a there is a uh, a group that I work with. They're called Culture City, with a K. Okay. Culture City, and um, they're a great organization. And uh, so my daughter, who we we mentioned earlier, she's on the autism spectrum, which is why she did not tell jokes. Oh, uh, okay. There you go. There you go. <laughs> right, right. But she uh she's her verbal communication is very limited, and she has. She has a high sensory kind of sensitivities, you know, Mm -hmm. especially if like a, if we go to like a basketball game and and it's super loud, it's like she'll have to cover her ears, you Mm, know, or if we're walking down the street and, and uh, a really loud motorcycle goes by, she'll like freak out and cover her ears. And this organization, Culture City, they basically work towards making the world more accepting and accessible for people with these what they call invisible disabilities Mm -hmm. so they they work really hard at like in certain venues like like arenas sports arenas and they'll they'll create rooms that people with sensory needs can go to if they need a break and uh not just sports or concert venues but you know any any public venue, they sure. they they come and they also train the staff. And so I, I I've been working with them and they've been just uh, just really great.
0: That's that sounds like a great organization. I'm really glad to know about them and I'm gonna contribute yeah. to them and I'm gonna link to them in the show notes and so more people can know about them and contribute themselves.
1: Awesome, I appreciate that.
0: Well, Randall, this has been uh, a, such a great time. I'm so glad. That we got to know each other, we kick around some jokes, and I can't wait, yeah. to, see, I just can't wait to see what you do next. Your next movies, your next live show.
1: Oh, thank you. Thank you. That was fun.
0: Well, thanks a lot, Randall. Working it out,
1: cause it's not done. We're working it out, cause
0: there's no... That's going to do it for another episode of Working It someday. Out. I love that Randall Park. I, I hope that uh, he and I will be able to work on something someday, cause... He is just a fun, fun person to talk to, and he's so talented. And I couldn't recommend more highly his movie on Netflix with Ali Wong, Always Be My Maybe. Our producers of Working It Out are Peter Salamone along with Joseph Berbiglia and myself, consulting producer Seth Barish, sound mix by Kate Belinsky, associate producer Mabel Lewis, special thanks to my consigliere Mike Berkowitz, as well as Marissa Hurwitz and Josh Upfall, special thanks to Jack Antonoff and Bleachers. They have an amazing new album out right now. As always, a very special thanks to my wife, the poet J-Hope Stein. Our book, The New One, is in your local bookstore and it's coming out on paperback in the first week in September, get yourself a paperback. A paperback, you you know, it's it's less expensive. You can just write in the margins. You can you can you can jot down your own ideas. <laughs> the uh, we're, we're very proud of the book, and we appreciate everybody. Uh, you know, reaching out to us on social media. Jen is at uh, J Hope Stein at Stein on Instagram. I'm at at burbigs, and we appreciate all of the Amazon and Goodreads reviews of our book. Uh, We're very proud of it. As always, a special thanks to my daughter, Una, who created this radio fort of pillows. Thanks most of all to you who have listened. Tell your friends, tell your enemies. We're working it out. See you next time, everybody.